We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Here to talk to uh, one of the great softball players in New York sports history. Uh, I, I believe he also does occasional writing and reporting. Uh, I have to ask him about that. Uh, Fred Katz. Hello, sir. Hello. I'll take what one a text of the great- to get from you at what time was that? Like 3.30 yesterday? Oh, dude. I, I, so, so. We were the 15 seed out of 16 to make the playoffs in spite of me being apparently the greatest softball player in New York city history. We were the 15 seed. We played on Monday because we got, we play once a week. Normally we got rained out last week. This is the athletics team, right? No, this is like my, your personal bullshit. Okay. This is my buddies. We got, we got rained out on, on Wednesday. So we had to play Monday, assumed we would lose upset the two seed. Wow. And then everybody had plans on Wednesday for when the next round was. <laughs> so we didn't have anyone. <laughs> and so we didn't have anyone. So I, I texted, I mean, John, I texted people who were so much more out there than you. I actually, I, te- I, I texted uh, a, a NBA head coach who I knew happened to be in New York City, not tips. Who I, happened I, to be, to say. Who I, who I knew happened, happened to know it could be in New York City. Uh, I, I, I hit up some, so I hit up a dude who I played baseball with in high school and have not spoken to since 2008. Okay. Uh, and he just responded, yo, long time. And <laughs> I did everything. And then you know, you're scraping I, the, the bottom of the bat. So wait, the, the, did you find someone or someone's? We needed four people, and so I tweeted it out. I was like, you know what? Oh, I'm, so I might that, end yeah. up in a I might end up in a van, but I said I need people, and four. Uh, I ended up getting four dudes, and they I could have ended up in the back of a van, kidnapped, to, you know, tied up in some warehouse right now. But it There's turned out time. they were all like they were all like great dudes. Uh, one of them is a huge fan. Adam, shout out to Adam. Came show, showed up not not just off of Twitter. Dude shows up three gloves, ten balls, extra bats, equipment. He's there early. He's got shout out to he's Adam. Music. He's a he say he's a huge KFS fan. So shout That's out awesome. to Adam. Great dude. Everyone was awesome. 
Everyone um, was awesome. Andrew, I should say, says in the chat, I didn't text everyone. Uh, that's true. I actually didn't text Andrew. Well, listen, Andrew I could have texted married. Andrew. I should have texted he's Andrew, busy. actually. You're a big baseball fan. Not only am I a big baseball fan, Fred, you know this. Played softball from the time I was 16 until I was 30. Now, granted, yeah. very many waist size previous. So I would have been your catcher last night, but I, I just a text. Hey, Claudio, you forgot. I know you used to play softball, but no, you're, no, I'm just now that I'm married, actually, I'm just off to the doldrums. Apparently you're actually totally right. I totally should have texted you. I don't know why I was talking to John. And yeah. so, and so it came up, but I don't think of you as a, like, like it's a hike for you to get to Randall's Island. So I was just texting people who are in New York city. For what it's worth, that I would not if I was in. The Even though John's not in New York City, but I was John's in Brooklyn. John. I'm in Queens, which is closer to yeah. Randall's Island. Oh, is it? yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Welcome to a geography pod. I guess you're um, in Queens. Well, I guess I don't know, dude. My mind was everywhere. You know what? Fuck it. I forgot about you. Sorry. Uh, that's what you happened. No. Take no, a look at the bottom of the mug. Take a that's look at okay. the bottom of the mug. We're all okay. Over this is better than piston stock. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, eh. uh, so yeah, fr friends text to me. Do you play softball or are you any good at softball? And uh, I don't think I said this in the text, but I've never played softball in my life. Just FYI. Um, so now, you know, and now everybody knows. Uh, let's, let's talk about basketball uh, or actually, no, let's not talk about basketball. Let's talk about the legal process. Uh, so you had some, <laughs> you had some fresh, fresh reporting, uh, was it earlier this week? Yeah, sure. Let's go with earlier this week. Uh, one NBA team, which happens to play in New York, has sued another NBA team, which uh, happens to play in Canada. Um, I just, uh, so many different ways we could go with this. Let me start off with this. Is it, Are you at the point where it's like, I want to wait and see more information before formulating my, I don't want to say personal opinion, but like my stance on this as like a, you know, someone who, who was a beat writer for the Knicks? Or have you, based on the information that has already been released, and perhaps more importantly, your own knowledge of the inner workings of the M NBA for uh, you know having been gained over years and years of reporting on the league, is this the sort of thing where you already kind of have a feel for what this is and perhaps more importantly, what this is not? No, I, I honestly don't have a feel. Okay. I would say I'm, I'm waiting for a lot more information. I kind of think that's the only way you can think about it right now. Okay. Uh, maybe we should sum up the lawsuit for those who don't know, because it is the end of August. And if you're following the Knicks, I would say if you're listening to this podcast, I would That's say I assume that like like why wh wh why are you listening? You know, like it's August. Go have fun, especially it's after warm. all the talk. Why are you still listening? <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, do, do you so, want to so give I it a think shot? We should I sum it up. This is also like I think it's fascinating. But if somebody saw this story and was like, I'll read it later, I wouldn't blame them. So um, and it's really important. Like, it's really relevant. And it's like. It is crazy. Like, it is a crazy, crazy story. So, John, do you want to sum it up? You want me to sum it up? I tried the other highlights? day basically by saying, let's see if I could do an even better job this time, that a former Nick employee who worked on video and I guess analytics, we could put it under that umbrella. Um, was hired away by the Raptors and the Knicks are accusing both him and the people that hired him, including the Raptors new head coach of basically uh, him before leaving the Knicks having a plan uh, which he executed to take 
I'll just say proprietary information, whatever the stuff is that he was working on or had access to, and deliver it to the Raptors. I guess while he was still employed by the Knicks. But but the, the my big takeaway from this is that I don't say the Raptors put him up to it, or more specifically, the new head coach of the Raptors put him up to it. But like that seems to be the implication of what the Knicks are getting at here. It's not. It's not the implication. They, it's the accusation. It is the accusation. Okay. Uh, now, in the lawsuit, the Knicks say they have proof of emails that they have proof of um, correspondences of video clips that have been opened. We have beautiful company right now. I love this. My daughter's Donna, she, I wish she could hear this because she's fascinated by the legal process. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Two of the guys I got off Twitter for the softball team yesterday were actually lawyers. So, oh, well, there we, you go. We could have had them play softball. Exactly. We could have had to have, we could have had them on. They honestly probably could have given better analysis than me. <laughs> uh, but the, the Knicks flat out say they call um, Ike Azatam, who's the guy who went from, was a video coordinator with the Knicks and went to Toronto. They, they refer to him as quote, a mole. And, and the accusation is that the lawsuit says that he went to the Raptors on August 14th. And that in the weeks leading up to it, he was at the direction. This is again the the allegation uh, that he was at the direction of Raptors' new head coach Darko Ryakovich. Now Good the Knicks provide that. evidence. I was avoiding it. Now the Knicks the Knicks provide evidence that uh, Azatam uh, allegedly forwarded two emails from his company account with the Knicks to his personal Gmail. They they say that they have evidence. I shouldn't say they provide evidence. They I say was about they to say they, evidence. They right. allegedly they provide evidence, it. Yeah. I mean, you're the lawyer, so they they. Yeah, I explained they, that part of it the other day. A complaint. You th- the, the 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 complaint is the kitchen sink. Everything, anything that you think you might have doesn't have to be true, <laughs> but anything right. you think you might have, you put in the complaint, and then you you let the process sort itself out. Exactly, because what you do is you put out everything, and you have discovery. And then you go into discovery and that's when you get to find out other stuff. They don't actually have, they provide a lot of allegations of motivation, you know, that, that Ryakovich was behind this, that he was, that, yeah. that Aztem was acting as a mole. Um, there's no actual proof provided in the lawsuit of motivation. Um, and, and I think that's something that if it gets to discovery, that's something that we'd learn more about whether how real those accusations are. That's something we would learn more about when it when it gets to the if it gets to discovery, if it even gets to that point. It is such a weird story. Can I can I read you a text that I got from a high ranking front office person? I would love nothing more than for you to do that. Uh, the text says Nick's film school is terrible. Why are you going on that podcast? No, it says uh, it's a different thing. <laughs> this is from a high high up front office person who's very smart, who, who I respect a lot. Um, not with the Knicks, not with the Raptors, I'll say. Says, uh, texted me this week, said, I'm, I'm fascinated by the Knicks-Raptors story. I said, it's crazy. Uh, the person said, I'm not surprised by Toronto, but I'm baffled by the Knicks. And I said, how so? Person said, why would they make this a lawsuit? It seems like something that could have been easily handled with the Raptors behind the scenes. Fire a few people and call it a day. I don't know what they're going to win as an outcome. Um, that's one perspective. I have had other people who I've spoken to in the league who are baffled by the allegations against Toronto. They're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Uh, I find that different NBA organizations operate differently. Uh, 
you talk to some people and they're like, some people say, all right, well, when people leave organizations, they just kind of take their work with them and they go. I, and it's pretty I wanna, normal. I want to key in on that, but finish what your thought is because I want to go back to that. And you talk to other people who work in different organizations. I find that it tends to have a similar relationship to the more restrictive ones because uh, different organizations operate differently. You know, you get a, a team like, uh, you know, Miami Heat or the San Antonio Spurs who are notoriously just like, you know, totally buttoned up, totally secretive, you know? Uh, and then you get other teams that are more, more open about stuff or, or more relaxed about that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I've spoken to some people from the tighter lip teams and those people who, who only really know those cultures or, mm-hmm. or believe in those cultures the most because it's where they are, uh, are, are kind of like, they're like, yeah, the Knicks, if this is real, the Knicks have a real case here. Um, I will say, I think it came together. I read that text specifically because I did think it was an interesting perspective of being like, why, why the lawsuit now? Uh, because the Knicks say in that lawsuit that Azatem left on August 14th, the lawsuit was filed was August perfect. 21st. The Raptors say in their statement that the Knicks contacted them on Thursday. August 14th was a Monday. The lawsuit was filed on Monday, August 21st. The Knicks say, or the Raptors say in their statement that the Knicks contacted them on Thursday, which means, and the Raptors say that they responded that they were, uh, you know, taking it seriously and looking into it or whatever, or paraphrase, right? That means the Knicks gave the Raptors one business day to look into the whole thing. Uh, I know that they put together this lawsuit like over the weekend leading up to that Monday. Like this was a this was a work all weekend to get this thing out thing. And that is I don't know. It's just I'm not saying it's Are you sure bad. about that last part? Mhm. I as opposed to this may have been in the works for a while. Yes. Okay. I mean there might have been rumblings there might have been people who had suspicions for a while okay like in terms of like being like this is turning into a lawsuit it happened really quickly uh i don't i don't know if on like august 9th or august 4th there were people with the next being like i'm suspicious of stuff going on here uh there might have been people who noticed stuff going on because, for example, the lawsuit alleges that the Knicks sent the reason there are like John Doe's in the lawsuit. Like there are, there are 10 John Doe's in the lawsuit. For those who don't know, that's just people who are not named. And there aren't it's actually because you don't know their are, you don't know their right. names, you, but you know, you believe you or you have reason to believe that there are other right. people involved. Right. Uh, there aren't actually 10 people who work for the Raptors named John Doe. <laughs> But yeah, like the Knicks, the Knicks allege that, like, for example, they they have video clips, which they're able to track and see, see, you know, accounts that open them. The Knicks allege that they that that emails and their whatever they were, I think video clips were were accessed by outside people, uh, not with the Knicks. Uh, and and they want to trace that as part of the lawsuit once they get into it. So, like, there is. There's just a lot that we don't know. Uh, and it really is crazy. If what the Knicks are alleging is true, it's crazy. And and by the way, John, have you thought about 
have you thought about like if this goes down, have you thought about how crazy it would be if this goes to like a civil trial, which which oh my god. I mean, it'll never get there. Who knows if it does? Right. You say it'll never get there. A lot of people say it'll never get there. It won't get there. But you know what's a really interesting The league wouldn't allow it. I I, I don't mean the league can actually stop the legal process, but like never, the league would not allow it. They would do two things. Yeah. What? I don't, I don't know if I agree. I just, I just don't know. Like that's, that's, that's my first reaction. The league won't allow it. However, I have been giving the NBA a lot of time to get back to me with a statement, uh, as I'm sure other reporters have too. The NBA is yet to say anything. I would bet a really good amount of money the NBA was totally taken by surprise by this lawsuit. I did not think they saw this coming. I don't think the Toronto Raptors saw this coming. I think this thing came out. Everyone was like, what? I think the league was surprised by this. I think they're probably formulating a plan. And the other reaction that I have to this is, okay, the Knicks are alleging that the Raptors violated or that the defendants violated the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act Mm -hmm. um, and that all defendants also violated the Defend Trade Secrets Act. Those are are criminal charges. (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, means... well, if 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 the you. Knicks if the Knicks take this into civil court, there it could, and they find enough. If it just goes to discovery and there's enough evidence, then it could take on a life of its own that's actually outside of civil court, right? And we what, should, I mean, we John, what's know, the likelihood? We should know for anybody who is not as who just doesn't care about the legal process. Um, nothing that happens in civil court. You could, you could find in civil court that a person uh, committed uh, 18 acts murders. It can't put them in jail because it's in civil court. It's a it's criminal. A criminal case is a completely separate thing. Whether as you're indicating, <laughs> can I read that Andrew? <laughs> yes. Andrew said like OJ. Yes. That's like OJ Simpson. He lost the civil trial. Yes, and he did. He owes yes, he the did. Goldman's like a hundred million dollars. Yes, he does. They have fact. never gotten, you no, know, and they, and they, I don't think they're, they're getting that anytime soon. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, if in theory, someone could look at what, at the goings on here and say, and decide to start a criminal case. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of ways to go. Can I tell you something I'm so fascinated about? And, and, and I, I, you're probably right. It, these things don't go to, don't actually go to a civil trial for the most part. But when you're dealing with rational actors, they often don't. But I'll get back to that. Continue. That's why part of why I'm like I don't know what the motivations are because here's here's the thing that I think is interesting. Uh, I will say, just to give this point more credence, this is not a thing I thought of on my own. I have a good buddy who is a successful uh, lawyer with a with an expertise in litigation, and is also a giant Knicks fan. Okay, uh, and he made this point to me. I have a funny so, feeling I know what this is going to be, but because it's you the same take a guess? I, What you want to take a guess? Well, again, this is just me sitting here, former lawyer and big Knicks fan. Um, if the if wrongdoing was committed by the Raptors against the Knicks, if I'm a Knicks fan, my first thought, as was the first thought of many people on Twitter, was, "Wow, I wonder if the Knicks could get a, a draft pick out of this." 
this is not the way to get a draft pick. The way to get a draft pick is to go through the league and let the league do what it's going to do and then hash out a penalty, which could result in the Knicks getting something from the Raptors. This is this is not that. So to me, I wonder, well, wouldn't it, if, if you're trying to benefit your team as opposed to just smear another organization who you have a history of perhaps not having great relations with, um, wouldn't you go a different route? That was my that's what we what were you going to say? That's not what I was going to say, but it's a super interesting point. I'm glad you said it. Well, anyway, this is why they give you a podcast. And they could take it away anytime. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what did your what, what did your lawyer friend? What was his theory? He said he was like, it's really interesting because the Knicks are the ones bringing the suit, but the Knicks are also the ones who shouldn't want it to go to trial the most. And the reason why is because he says the Knicks, the Knicks are basically saying this stuff that you took is proprietary. This is proprietary information. But a lot of the things that they actually took, for example, like for those who don't know what the Knicks are alleging is like that they took video playlists off of Synergy. Okay. Now. Synergy is this big database that every single team has access to the same video clips, the same stats. Now, what you do with those video clips, what you do with those stats is what makes it unique, right? So they might be compiling the video clips in a unique way. They might be, um, you know, they might be categorizing them in a unique way to look up plays and that kind of stuff. They might be editing them in a unique way, whatever. They, there might be something I'm not even thinking about. And everybody knows how secretive the Knicks are. And everybody knows how secretive Tibbs is about stuff. And trust me, I know how secretive Tibbs is because I sit there trying to ask him what makes his coaching unique, trying to learn about the process of coaching, all of that basically every single day from October to May. And he doesn't answer me. And I still don't know the answers. And I ask him every day, something that's like coaching process thing. And he doesn't want to answer it. And I keep prying and I keep prying and I keep prying. And I'm like, Tibbs, just teach me. It'll make my writing better. And then I'll, I'll ask, I, I said to him once at a press conference, I was like, you know, if you tell me, I'll be a little smarter and then you won't, and then I won't have to ask such terrible questions. Yeah. Uh, and and then he laughed, and he didn't answer the question. And and so so like Tibbs, if this goes to trial, the Knicks are going to have to provide evidence, not just that the Raptors took something, but that the Raptors took something that was proprietary, because that's the allegation, hmm. and. That means they are going to have to prove they are doing something unique. Now, that might be easy to do because they might be doing something unique, but it means they're going to have to reveal all their secrets. So an organization that is so upset with another organization for finding out some of its secrets is going to have to then reveal under oath on the record even more of its secrets everyone in the world so uh it just it just seems like something that is counterintuitive to how the knicks normally operate also leon rose getting deposed i could i could just see him being like sorry i don't do interviews these are the points that you're raising and perhaps the point i raised a second ago what i thought your friend was going to say these are all the sorts of things that come out in a 
a, a measured, um, you know, very low stakes meeting amongst the minds of powers that be, so to speak, in which they're like, okay, this something happened here. Let's t- let's rationally go through the pluses and minuses about how what are the different ways that we could go about addressing this thing that happened, as opposed to James Dolan shouting at the top of his lungs, "I want those mfers sued by Monday," and if that lawsuit isn't on my desk for approval by Monday, uh, you're all fired, and I'm going to hire another law firm that can do it by Tuesday. Um, which is what I think happened. And you referenced the the speed with which this happened. That would make sense to me if what indeed took place was James Dolan. Now, what originally happened that because at some point Dolan's antenna went off. Somebody made so whether it's they got wind that this guy was going to be hired by the Raptors or the fact that an employee of the Knicks was going to work for the Raptors and that was all it took. Whatever there was an inciting incident, and I. I, I and I, I, I wonder if it's going to come out what that inciting incident is. But to me, the most interesting thing that you've said so far is something that I think Seth Partnow was implying in his tweet, which is like one NBA something along the lines of like one NBA team sues another team for doing something that everybody does. Is like a lot of teams out there look at this and be like, like you, you take your work with you when you leave. Um, because and I'm. I'll connect it to another thing that you said, which is you find most interesting. Correct me if I'm, if you're, if I'm wrong here, the motivations behind it, because to me, without the motivational aspect and without the conspiracy aspect, I'll, I'll, I'm not literally a conspiracy, but they're kind of alleging a conspiracy without the, the head coach put him up to this and the Toronto Raptors put him up to this. And this, as opposed to starting a new job, I'm just going to send some shit that I need um, without that part of it. This is all very ridiculous. Now, if that part, which I, I think you were getting at, which all the people that texted you were like, wow, if they could prove all this, then holy crap, because that gets at the, again, the, the motivations, the conspiracy aspect. Without that aspect of it, what are we really talking about here? As I see it, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. That's kind of why I say I don't I don't know how this is going to go and I don't know to what stage this is going to go to. And I, I don't really know how to evaluate this completely. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. And, and, and also to give just some, kind of some inside baseball stuff, what a video coordinator does. And, and as damn the guy who left, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name, right? I hope so. Um, I, I won't correct you. Uh, the, but 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 uh, Azatam, who left the the Knicks for the Raptors, the, uh, the the former video coordinator for the Knicks, what the video coordinator does is like he's responsible for those synergy playlists and that kind of stuff. So like when you take a synergy playlist, something like that, that was in all likelihood that was either compiled by him or one of his colleagues in the video room. That's who does that stuff. That that is what you do. So. You know, it, with the information provided in the lawsuit, you could come up with an equally uh, plausible story for for some of this stuff that he took. For example, the Knicks allege that that he took the scouting report from Game 82 against the Pacers. Uh, from the information in the lawsuit, uh, you can you can. Uh, come up with a similar story just by the evidence that's provided there. And there might be more evidence that we don't know yet that would come up later. 
but just by the information that's allegations. Yes. The allegations. Sorry. The evidence they say they have. Thank you. Saving my ass from getting sued. So (laughs) be careful. Yeah, exactly. But from the evidence that the Knicks say they have, you can provide an equally likely story for some of these actions that, okay, he had to do some Pacers film work for the Raptors. So we thought I just did this. The Knicks played the Pacers literally the last game of the season. This is as up to date as it can possibly be. I don't want to rip all of these same video clips off of this same website and make the exact same series of clips and scouting videos. When I already did this, I'm just going to grab this and and give it to them. It's my work. I did it. Uh, so, so like that's an equally plausible story based on the evidence the Knicks say they have. Uh, we'll see what else comes up. That's also not the only allegation um you know there's allegations of of contacts before he actually left the knicks on august 14th um him forwarding emails and that kind of stuff which by the way he left the knicks on august 14th he left the knicks because he had this job which he he was offered the job and he accepted the job right which means it was a lawsuit yeah, the yeah. lawsuit says that he informed the Knicks of an offer from the Raptors on or around July 25th. That's what the lawsuit right. says. Which is, and he gave us two weeks, right? Or whereabouts, right? So, like, again, there, this happens with every every person who ever has ever gotten a new job in the history of jobs has had contact with their new employer at some point before leaving their old job. You know, and like, again, it would seem completely and totally normal to me that for over that two weeks for him to spend some of that time being like, all right, let me not have to reinvent the wheel and let me send myself whatever I need. And again, what would what would put it forget about over the top, what would turn it from nothing into a big something would be this master plan conspiracy thing from the part of the Raptors. And I'll just go back to what you said at the top. I would love to know how the Knicks plan on proving any of that part of it. But I don't know. They say they have the good. They'll need, they'll need to get correspondence from the other side. You know, yeah. they'll need to be able to see contact records. And, you know, if the Raptors, someone with the Raptors put it in a text message to somebody, if somebody of the Raptors put it in an email to somebody, uh, then all of a sudden they're. They've got a little something, but yep. if they didn't put it in writing, it's going to be it's I mean, you know, better than I. It's really hard to prove motivation. It's a lot easier to prove actions than it is to prove motivations. I'm just picturing. Did you you order the code red, Masai? Goddamn right I did. You know, Uh, I'm just, I know, I know, I know. Everybody who I've spoken to is just like, it's not going to go to trial. I know, I know. I know everybody says that. I do. I just like... Okay. I just can't. You, I know. I just can't even imagine what it would be like if if the Knicks were like, okay, so we're deposing Ryakovic and Masai and Bobby Webster. Uh, everybody's in on it. And then the Raptors were just like, okay, fine. We're deposing James Dolan. Well, he's bringing the suit. We're deposing James Dolan. And now, and now you have... James Dolan under oath, and you have I, Leon Rose under oath, and you have just stop, no, just stop at James oath. Dolan. Stop at yeah. James Dolan under oath. Um, I I have to run. Uh, we're gonna do something a little untraditional on this. Andrew's actually gonna. I'm gonna tap in tap in Andrew because he feels so so hurt about not getting tapped in for softball. I'm gonna tap him in to finish this podcast for me. Um, 
I'll just the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, knowing what we know about how reasonable of a guy James Dolan is and how easy it is to rationally talk to him about things that might actually be in his best interest. I'm sure it's going to be a totally easy conversation, whether it's between Adam Silver and James Dolan, whether it's between one of James Dolan's CEOs of, you know, the guard, all, all that, talking to him about like, so um, here's why we need to actually like settle this or here's why we can't go forward with this because whatever, like that conversation is going to need to happen unless there are requisite damages that James Dolan is okay with accepting um, as part of whatever it is, a settlement or something that where the league steps in. Good luck convincing him to, uh, you know, not get his day in court. That's what I'll, that's all I'll, I'll say if he, if he believes he's in the right, that's the key. And I'm, I imagine he does. So it's part of the reason why I say, I don't know. We don't know what's, what's going to happen. There's been crazier stuff in Nick's history than on this. Charles I mean, Oakley is way crazier than this. I mean, like, there's look, look, let's just call a spit. There's, there's stuff on the record from the, 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 I, I talk about mispronouncing names. Uh, Annika Brown Saunders, right? That's her, her name. Yeah. Like that's, that's out there. That was the, I mean, you could argue that the stuff that, that is on record from that is the most embarrassing thing that has been associated with the Knicks in their history. You could argue that. I'm not saying that necessarily is, but you could argue that some of the stuff that came out. What would come out with this, even though they are the ones obviously doing the accusing as opposed to the ones being accused? All right. Um, Fred, it's been lovely. Do you mind that I pass you off to Andrew? It sounds honestly preferable. <laughs> I take no offense. I believe they All call right. this a pinch hit, John. Sure. Let's go with that. Pinch pinch one, pinch yeah, hit. yeah. You don't, you, don't, you don't tap in in softball. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Andrew, I think you're more of a reliever, but you're not. I'm not you're a not pinch like, runner. You're right. I'm not pinch running. Yeah, for no, you're no, this is more you're coming in in relief. John, John was the starter and, and mm. four, four, in and, four and two thirds yeah. innings. Uh, oh, you got rocked then. Damn. Six, six, six earned runs. Mm. Not nowadays. No, four, four and two thirds innings is that's uh, just an opener. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, normal. exactly. That's, that's, that's not even an opener. That's just like, that's your innings eater right there. <laughs> I, four, I, you're good to go. Like four and two thirds innings is 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 basically like you it's know, almost a, almost a quality start. That's Joe Negro. Um, right, I'm leaving you with the bases piling later. up 300 innings. Alrighty, <laughs> take Thank care, you. boys. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. My only real question about this is, you said you you talked to some other teams and some other franchises about this. Is their reaction at all like, what are the Knicks doing? This is crazy. Or is it more in the case of like, oh, like you said, they, they might have a case here and they're like, oh, this, they're doing their due diligence. Like, what's the what's the reaction to what the Knicks did here? I think everybody thinks it's crazy in like the the definition of crazy where it's like, whoa, this doesn't happen. You know, Mm -hmm. like normally you go through the league if you think something like this is happening. Like if you if the Dallas Mavericks think that the Knicks tampered with Jalen Brunson, they go to the league. They don't sue the Knicks, you know, and then Mm -hmm. the Knicks lose a second round draft pick or something like that's that's how this normally goes. Uh, You know, if the Patriots are pulling off Spygate, you go to the NFL like like you're not you're not Eric Mangini isn't suing Rex Ryan. It was Eric Mangini was the coach then, right? Isn't or no, Rex Ryan isn't suing Bill Belichick. No, not, definitely Mangini's, not suing Rex Ryan. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the Spygate stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, that's just like, that's, I think the part that has made everybody go, whoa, I don't know how this is going to be handled. I, I do think what's interesting is by going to court, I mean, the Knicks are, are suing for damages, right? And, yeah. and, they're going to have to put a monetary number on like, what is a scouting report worth? Like they, they allege that uh, he took uh, play frequency reports. They're going to have to put a monetary number. This is what we value a play frequency report on. And as a huge geek, I'd love to know that number. What do the Knicks think that is worth? Because I bet, Tibbs thinks that's worth more than life. (laughs) And I would just love to be in that room when the lawyer says, no, it's actually worth this. And Tibbs says, no, it's worth more than your house. And I just, I just am dying. Uh, There's so many weird eccentricities that could come out of this. If, if it comes close to going the distance, even though it very well may not. Listen, could there be a kangaroo court type of deal where, James Dolan and Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau are deposed and have to say stuff under oath and it'd be hilarious. Sure. That's a, that's a timeline that we can explore. One of those, I, I will straight timelines, but I don't, I am. If Leon Rose is deposed, I, I am, I am slipping questions Mm -hmm. to the Raptors lawyer under just like under the table 
just just to get them. Like all the questions I've wanted to ask over the last three years. Just be like, hey, Leon, why did you want to use the MLE so badly this year uh, mm-hmm. that you uh, put Josh Hart to an increasing contract and have him pick up a player option as opposed to resigning him to a decreasing one? Be like, that has nothing to do with this case. Be like, I know, my friend slipped it to me. I think the the end game of it all is is weird because in the two examples you used, the Spygate and Deflategate, the NFL examples, or even when whomever brought up the Astros stuff, they were breaking like rules of play. Like those are the rules they were breaking. This is breaking the law that the Knicks are allegedly. Like, well, like, but that's what's being alleged. Like those allegations against they were breaking the rules of the sport, which aren't like you don't go to jail for stealing signs. Now, I don't even know what the end game is here because it's civil court. It's not criminal court. So I don't. That's why the monetary value like you're talking about. I, I don't understand. It's why I understand John's frustration that this going about the way that it has is, if anything, just a distraction and leads to my one of the two questions I have for you. That have nothing to do what, with what if the Knicks? Here. What if the Knicks are just suing for OG Ananobi? That's the, the Raptors, thing. The Raptors have wouldn't anything? trade them. What, what the Raptors wouldn't now? trade them, and they were like, "We're getting them this way." So, I mean, it, I know there are fans that are thinking this. Does this officially put the kibosh on any? Because Jeremy did a long cap or no cap on Sunday, just kind of putting the breadcrumbs together about if the Knicks haven't extended IQ, and based on your report that they were in conversations about not trying to trade IQ, but they did bring him up in conversations with, as I believe, the report you put out there uh, yeah, in the Athletic. They did. So as a result, the dots that were connected is that IQ for Ananobi now and the salary to to match would make sense before the season. Now, the merits of doing that are not what I'm trying to talk about, but does this officially put the kibosh that the defendant defendant and the uh the the accuser are not going to make a trade for one of the franchises, one of the franchises players that doesn't want to get traded. I have no clue what kind of effect it would have on that. Really? You still think that like we got court on Monday, but in the courtroom lobby, we're going <laughs> to negotiate a trade for Ananobi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I've, I, I, I just have no idea. I don't, I don't know, man. Like the NBA doesn't even know what to say about this thing yet. Like, I don't, I don't know what we're going to see from this. Like, for all we know, this is a petty thing between a few people and everybody else is like, okay, let's get this over with. For all we know, everyone with the Knicks is pissed at the Raptors and everyone with the Raptors is pissed at the Knicks. If it's the latter, then yeah, that's, that's going to be tough because trades often happen because of personal relationships. That's kind of why you see a lot of teams make trades together. When I was covering the Wizards, they would trade with the Lakers all the time. Other teams don't like each other, don't get mm-hmm. along. Uh, think the other one, maybe like the other team, but they think they're annoying to negotiate with. So they're just not going to call them. Honestly, the dynamics between NBA front office people aren't that different between us and our friends in our fantasy leagues. There's that random, annoying friend mm. that we have who is going to offer us the worst trades in our fantasy baseball league and just be like, I will give you LeVon Hernandez for Wilbur Wood. Isn't that an amazing fantasy baseball league that I'm in, by the way, where you can trade LeVon Hernandez for Wilbur Wood? It's like, mm. no, 
I don't want that innings eater for this innings eater. This innings eater is awesome. That one is just an innings eater. <laughs> so, so like you get annoyed with that dude who offers the trades. Like there are people like that in the NBA who I hear about. And they're like, oh, this guy just calls up, offers the worst trades, and that's it. And like there are other people who are here. Oh, I like negotiating with that guy. He's reasonable and 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 tries to make a trade that works better for everybody. And and sometimes those are the people you see make the most trades. Uh, you know, that was always what I heard about Tommy Shepard when he was running the Wizards, actually, was that Tommy was like very reasonable and amenable. And if you look at his time with the Wizards, he actually, I believe he made the most multi-team trades of any GM in the league. And part of the reason why was because Tommy, I talked to him about it. Like he was, he was very communicative uh, with other teams. Like his big thing was knowing like, okay, this, he, he would call every team all the time and be like, what do you need? What do you want? What are your priorities? Tell me. And, and then if, if, if I see something like I'll pop in uh, and he would do that and, and they'd have, they'd have lists and all that kind of stuff. And teams, I think a lot of teams knew, okay, we have to, we have our trade worked out. We have this, this trade between the two of us worked out, but we need a third team to make the money work. We don't want someone who is just going to be like, okay, well for me to take on this guy to make the money work, I'm going to need a unprotected first round pick. No, we don't, we don't want that. It's just going to be an annoying process. going to take forever to get this deal done. Let's call Tommy Shepard. He's easy and reasonable. And Tommy will pop in. So there were a lot of three-team trades where the Wizards would just like pop in as the third team. Where they'd pop in as the third team and take Davis Bertans. Or pop in as the third team and take Mo Wagner and, and Isak Bonga. Or make uh, the largest trade in NBA history, which was the Westbrook trade. More pieces in that trade than any trade in NBA history. It was a five-team deal. It was insanely hectic night to cover stuff. Uh, so, so you see that kind of stuff happen. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is because if this is just a thing between the individuals involved and that's really it and Masai and Leon and Gerson Rosas and everybody else with the Knicks and Bobby Webster, they're all just like, we're going to do what's best for basketball. And I see a world where that actually doesn't really affect things. So I just, I don't know. I, I need to be around it more. I need to let it marinate more. I need to see how this thing develops before I have any idea. So I then, also don't think the Raptors have really had any traction on an OG trade anywhere. Well, or a Pascal trade from what you, you read and, and you hear about mm -hmm. them. Yeah. They, they want to run it back. And I think that's, that's where I go to where you kind of laid the, again, the breadcrumbs when you did the live stream with us before free agency opened, when someone said like name five Knicks that you, five players that you guarantee would be on the Knicks next season. And you named the four obvious ones. And the fifth one, you just to give a wild card, you said, OG, and that's where we originally like, huh? Okay. That means he's being discussed and that the Knicks are interested. So I, I've obviously connected the dots. I would like Edge OG and Obi on, on my basketball team. You know from our group chat that I don't want to trade Emmanuel quickly under any circumstances, but I would like understand an Emmanuel quickly for OG and Obi trade, specifically the finances involved as well with I with IQ potentially wanting to start and then extend off of a year starting, which leads to one of my two questions. So first of all, how seriously did the Knicks 
quote unquote shop IQ from what you said in in the athletic? Were they like are they were, were they not close on an extension? I didn't say so, I did I didn't say they shopped him. Okay, so clarify what what were the trade talks with Emmanuel quickly? They they uh they talked with other teams about trades. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the mailbag cuz cuz I actually wasn't reporting that exclusively for the mailbag. I'd had something earlier in the summer and that was really what I was referencing. Mm-hmm. Um but I that's when I read it though. They had, yeah, <laughs> I had a big event happen this summer, so I may have only caught it then. Oh, so. did you? Yeah, they they had had conversations with other teams this summer, uh, which about sending quickly to another team for a a, a very good veteran. Uh, and I know that that happened a couple of times. At least, um, I have to ask: Are you willing to say who the veteran is, or you just want to say very good veteran? I have to say very good veteran. Okay. Um, they they have to say very good veteran in both cases. Uh, but but I mean that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, so their priorities had changed from where they were at last fall, which was like in November, before quickly really had that incredible run for really the last like sixty games of the regular season. Mm-hmm. They were legit trying to trade him. That was when they were like trying to trade quickly. They were calling around. They were making offers for other teams. They were gauging his market. They wanted to see how good of a first round pick they could get back for him. They were worried about him getting expensive. They didn't see how he fit into their future in in the most ideal way. Like that was when they were trying to trade quickly. I would not say they were trying to trade quickly this summer. I would say they were trying to trade for a really good player who could help them now. And in order to get a really good player who can help you now, you have to give up something mm-hmm. and quickly is very good and looked at around the league as a very good 23 year old guard who's coming off of a runner up six man of the year campaign. And there are certainly people in the league who believe that he can jump up and, and kind of have some sort of, I mean, people say like a Jalen Brunson leap. I don't think they necessarily always mean maybe some of them do uh maybe i shouldn't speak for them but i don't think all of them mean that like he will become as good as jalen brunson but just like you give him his own team you let him run his own team and all of a sudden you're like crap this guy is really good uh and then he's averaging 20 and whatever uh and you're like this guy is really good and there are definitely people around the league who believe that to be true so you could make him the best player in a trade for a very good veteran and to be clear I will cl- clarify that the very good veterans are um, are not they're not like super old or anything. They're just like not they're not like rookie scale guys. It's why they're, we they're, made they're the, prime prime age yeah. prime age vets. But it's know? why we made the connection with OG Ananobi. That that's yes, that's a reasonable. It's a very good veteran. You know, it's a very good veteran. Yeah. It's a very good veteran. So I would not classify it as the Knicks were trying to trade quickly. Okay, at all. They're looking to upgrade the roster spot. They're looking to upgrade, and they know that in order to do that, quickly might be their best chance to do it. Uh, And I do think they are trying to hold on to their best draft picks for the exact reason that everybody can guess, because that is, they believe, their method to going out and getting a star. And uh, if they, I think, can find a way to bring in a very good veteran and then also still have enough and go get a super duper star 
I think they'd be very, very happy with that. So uh, that that's that's really, I think, the better context of of the quickly thing. Uh, do I think it's possible they trade him? Like, like it's better. There's a greater than zero percent chance, but it's already August, man. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that's going to happen. You see a September trade. You see James Harden get traded to the Houston Rockets in September. You see uh, Mello get traded. On day Rosh Hashanah training camp, yeah, day before on, training on, camp on Rosh Hashanah weekend, mm-hmm. I think on Rosh Hashanah got traded. Might have been a new, yeah. a new year and a new start for Carmelo Anthony. Uh, one day, new. one day before, I was sitting in that room and Eric Horn asked him if he'd come off the bench, and he said, "Who, who me? me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was still they, very blinded by you. you. Probably should have come off the bench, Melo. I was very, yeah, of course." He's not coming off the bench. It's Carmelo Anthony we're talking about. Yeah, he was 22 last year. Um, okay. Yeah, scream, scream to Paul George in the corner of the room. Yo, P, they say I got to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some rapid fire before I let you get out of here. Um, yeah. So Mayo quickly will be extended before training camp. Yes or no? Uh, I would say if he's still... Okay, I would say if quickly is still on the team before training camp or before, before he's eligible camp. for the extension. When is he eligible? Uh, before he's eligible for the extension until the day before the start of the regular season. So, so I think I'm that's saying before October training 23rd. camp. I'm saying before training camp. Oh, uh, no, because normally if you're not extended by now, you get the extension in October. Okay, so, so I'll say no. I mean, you quickly gets extended before the deadline. Yes or no? So it's either October twenty second or twenty third. Uh, if he's still on the roster, I would think an extension would make the most sense. So I'll say greater than. If I have to choose yes or no, I'll say yes. But I'm not like a hundred percent on yes. I'm like sixty percent on yes. Okay. I do think that's the most likely scenario. Uh, yes or what happens? Yes or no? The Knicks make another impactful roster move before opening night. Does extending quickly count? No, like this. No. I'm saying like okay. So this like is like wrong. changing the players. Yes. No. Okay. No. Um. Yes or no? Dame Lillard will be in Portland on opening night. Yes. Yes. Okay. And yes he'll play. No? That and dude's play. not not showing up. Okay. That dude's showing up the first day of training camp and taking lead of the team. Like ugh, he's not. Yes or no? Damian Lillard. James Harden is on a different team on opening night. No. Okay. So then this leads into the last question. Yes or no? Because James Harden is about to Ben Simmons this season, um, we're like less than a year away from the Joel Embiid trade demand. Less than a year. I'm saying like you're it gonna could happen, you're, it could happen you're gonna get February. Me, you're gonna ha- get me aggregated, man. Fred, yes or no? You can Fred, say no. Fred Katz, Fred Katz of the Athletic reports that Joel Embiid will demand a trade within the next year. You could yes. say, okay, yes. yes. So we're Fred, okay, you heard it here. But I don't know. Don't aggregate that. I don't know. I'm literally. Uh, I just asked a question, here. Fred. I don't uh, know. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, I just. The Harden 
thing really has the potential to annihilate everything in its path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, yeah, like Embiid is, look, I, I don't know Joel Embiid, so I'm projecting my own emotions onto this. Right. And I know people who do know Joel Embiid. And those people have told me that like he thinks being like a one franchise guy is a really cool thing. And that's, that's always been, and that's always been his first choice. Um, I've also been told that like, yeah, he's thought about the Knicks, you know, like that's, I don't think that's a secret. I think a million people have reported that. Uh, and I think those reports are true. Now thought about the Knicks and demanded a trade are like a million steps away from each other. Right. Uh, so, I mean, he might've thought about some other teams too. Uh, I think that's it's extremely possible as well. But, you know, everybody knows he's he's got the relationship with Leon Rose. He used to be his agent. Uh, and I that is a that is a big market, dude. You know, that's a guy who wants to have his own team, who wants to be the guy in the place. I think he would handle New York quite well. Uh, and it would be very interesting to see how the Knicks tried to pull that off. Uh, but we're many steps away. But yeah, I mean, if if the Harden situation just kills and Embiid just had the Simmons one and the Sixers tank or the Sixers end up trading Harden and they get nothing and they're just not mm. good. Like everybody says, oh, they can they can move forward next year and they can just have a couple of max slots. It's like, first of all, kind of like Zach Lowe outlined this on his podcast maybe a month ago or so. Like, yeah, they can have two 25% max slots. Yeah. They can't have two 35% max slots. So not really. Which they have one max slot. And Embiid's prime, you're, gonna, you're not going to sell him on two 25% exactly. max slots, you know? Yeah. Also, how are you getting two 25% max slot guys? Those are all restricted free agents. You're not getting them. If, if there's a guy who's a clear, awesome max guy, then he already signed his extension. Right. You know? Like, like, then it's like, you're not like, like the guys who would be free agents and are 25% max guys are like Anthony Edwards who already signed his extension, you know? And like, and if he didn't sign an extension for some insane reason, then Minnesota would just ma- offer, would they just match? They wouldn't just let him leave. Like, so you're, those guys, you're not, you're not even getting those guys. Um, also, if you're in bead and let's say you trade Harden and you get expirings back and that's it. And now all of a sudden the Sixers go through a season where they're just fine and mm-hmm. whatever they are, whether they're a 45, one team or a 35, one team, they're not a title contender for any point of the season because they just got expirings and maybe a couple of picks for Harden from the Clippers or something like that. Like, I just don't think the promise of max slots, even one max slot always does that much. Like you don't really see free agents change that much. Like guys, guys sign extensions. We see it happen in trades. The Sixers don't have that much to offer up in a trade. Uh, if they want to pair somebody with Embiid, uh, I just, I, I could see him looking around being like, Oh, cool. Me and this, is this max slot going to run a pick and roll with me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's how players think. And it's not like Embiid is, he he had a lot of years cut off from his career. It's not like he's he's twenty nine. Like it's not like he is twenty nine, right? Yeah, it's 29. not like he's. I'll be thirty like before the season ends. Yeah, exactly. Like 
who knows how much time he has left. He might be like, I, I, I got to go do something else for me. So I don't know. Also on the table that the Sixers are just really good again. They, if they were to get a lifeline and it's like Tyrese Maxey takes a leap and he's, he's a guy that can be a number two or just like that's on the table in a rotate. Like, I'm not going to rule against it, but like, that's that my point is they need a, they need a lifeline here because like you said, the torpedo that is James Harden has now made this into a situation where people are now looking for what the next iteration of this team will look like and not how good can the Sixers be this year. Um, yeah. Crazy or how maybe, much changed since game five against the Celtics when they were or maybe, like up three, two. Yeah. Or maybe Daryl Morey pulls us off and they trade Harden, but they actually get a good return and they bring back, I don't know, Norm, Norm Powell and Terrence Mann mm-hmm. and two first round picks from the Clippers. And then they take those two first round picks and they're able to trade those two firsts for uh, a really good big wing. Uh, And now all of a sudden you've got shooters and really good role players surrounding Embiid in Embiid centric offense. You've got good defenders there. Uh, Maxi takes a leap, which I don't think is hopeful. Honestly, I think that's just what's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. he's a really, really good 23 year old. Those guys tend to continue to get better. Like he is already really good and he will, he will become really, really good. I think I have, I have little doubt that's going to happen. Uh, Maxi takes a leap and just becomes a really phenomenal offensive guard. Uh, and, and, and you have a team that like plays like team basketball and Nick nurse is a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. And, and you have a, you have a team who, mm. who plays just like great team basketball has a superstar and, and wins 54 games because of it. And now all of a sudden you have this like Sixers team that instead of playing like the ugly basketball of Ben Simmons and, mm-hmm. and Embiid and the foul drawing basketball of, Harden and Embiid. Now all of a sudden you you have this Sixers team that that plays a more a more kind of pure game and they're successful because of it. And maybe they make the conference finals or maybe they get to the second round and Embiid's like I feel good about this. Like that's on the table too. Yeah. Like James, James Harden what gets lost in all of this is that James Harden is still awesome. When he plays He's still awesome. But when he my plays. Point is, yeah. Yes. Yes. And before he demands out of your organization. Mm-hmm. But my point is, he is he demands out everywhere. <laughs> and it always ends the same way. And there are a lot of people in the league who are super conscious of that and are very cautious of, of interest in him because of it. And he has made it abundantly clear he wants to go to the Clippers. And so everybody who's not the Clippers is like, oh man, what happens if he were to come to us? Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. And one stay. But it could be us. Maybe it could be us. Because James Harden, while he's not an MVP anymore, and he's not that level, is still awesome. He's one of the five best passers in the NBA, and that might be short selling. He is a phenomenal passer and facilitator. Unbelievable. 
He is still a really good scorer. He's not the level of scorer that he used to be. He does not get to the rim the way that he used to. He does not get to the line the way that he used to. But he still does it well. Uh, and what he does do well is he gets to the paint really well, mm-hmm. which doesn't always get him to the line as much as he once did when he was getting to the line 11 times a game or get him to the rim. But he creates corner threes. He creates standstill threes. Like his assists are really good assists. We talk about shot selection. His assist selection is fantastic because he's creating. You're laughing at me, but it's no, really Fred, this has now become a James Harden pocket. <laughs> I yeah. know how good he is, but, but it's relevant. No, but I'm saying uh-huh. people's people crap on James Harden. People I'm, crap on James I'm Harden one of those, because to be of the honest, yeah, yeah. Of the so, the, so you yeah. don't know. So how I do need. To, I apparently do need to because to he has the is. playoff woes, which are totally legitimate. Like he has the playoff woes, like that. I I agree with all the red flags. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is that it's very. You're not some idiot if you're just like screw it. James Harden is awesome. Let's let's pursue this thing. We it's a non basketball related if, question. If you're if you're the if you're the Miami Heat and you're just mm. like you find out you're just not getting Lillard, it's just not gonna happen. And you're just like, screw it. We believe so much in our culture that we're gonna go get James Harden. Maybe they give up something for Harden, or maybe the 76ers say, Okay, Clippers, you really want Harden now? You're gonna have to up your offer. We finally have leverage. The heater after him. And now all of a sudden the Clippers actually do up their offer. And it's something that the Sixers are willing to do. And they get something back for Harden and Harden ends up where he wants. And they get something back that's legitimate. I'm just saying like everyone talks about it as a one team race. And it may very well be that way the whole time. However, teams tend to be interested in guys who are like really good. Like James Harden still has an all NBA season left in him. Then why did we get to this point in the offseason after a trade demand that no one's traded for him? Because he only wants to go to the Clippers. So it's okay. And people are scared. So it just takes one person to not be scared a month before training camp. Yeah. Or 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 a month into training camp. Or a month after training camp, I mean. So he's not reporting to the Sixers, right? Uh, no, I think he is reporting this. So you think he'll be in training camp with the He Sixers. has to be. He has to be. I Ben Simmons didn't. He the guy was went to China and called Daryl Morey a liar. I know, but there is a rule in the CBA that says that if an upcoming free agent uh does not report, then mm-hmm. he loses his right to free agency. Ah, uh, so he has to go. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Simmons did go to go to the practice. And he went. Yeah, that's he right. went, and then Doc threw him out. Yeah, Simmons that's right. showed up, uh, and then he was he, he didn't report for a couple of days. He finally showed up, and and then Doc sent Doc him home. Him. I think Doc threw him, sent him home. Doc yeah. threw him home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So James Harden would have to like Marshawn Lynch this, where he just reports, "I'm just here so I don't get fined," and then wear street clothes and a fat suit for a month until he gets traded. Or sent home for that matter. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe he just does what he did in Houston, which is he shows up when he wants to show up. Uh, he flies in from Vegas parties, and and uh, the James yep. Harden end in Houston is is they they've been doing this this a series on Netflix, the Untold documentaries. I would sign up for a James Harden Untold stories about his departure from Houston. 
his departure from uh, Brooklyn, and now his departure from Philly, like way, way, way down the road. James James Harden is probably the James Harden is probably the only NBA player who I would watch a documentary about that never ever mentioned that he was a basketball player. Right. Like I don't need to see a yeah. single basketball clip. I I, yeah, I don't you don't even have to yeah. mention that he's in the NBA. Nope. Like if you never mention he's in the NBA, I would still watch a documentary about James Harden. Agreed. And just Agreed. see how that guy does it. Well, obviously some, at some point, at some point the amazing James Harden stories will be written. Mhm. And they are amazing. <laughs> well, hopefully you, you get to write. They're not, they're not mine to tell. They are not mine to tell. No, don't, uh, don't put it past yourself. You already know you're like in waiting to write the no, Westbrook biography. No, right? I just mean they're they're I I I have a uh I have a a a rule that like People who I cover, their personal business, if it's not scandalous, mm. if it's nothing illegal, if it's nothing, you know, improper, it's it's like, you know, I've seen players out like like when I was in OKC, mm-hmm. there was one bar and one club in the whole place that everyone would go to. And I was in my mid 20s and single for a lot of it and would go out and would see players out all the time. And I'm not going to like. I'm not, I'm just not going to report that a player is like out drinking before a game, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, however, they are phenomenal barroom stories. Some of these stories, I mean, they are, they are legendary and, uh, it's an incredible thing to hear. I feel like I know a former Nick beat writer who would report that, but that's another story for another day. Uh, Fred Katz of the athletic, always nice to give us his time. Always so gracious with his time, even in the middle of the summer. Um, Fred, please tell everybody where they could find you and all your work and what you got coming up. I'm sure you'll be covering this lawsuit, as you mentioned, um, very thoroughly. So where can people find all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the athletic, uh, you, uh, you won't see that much work from me coming up to be honest. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much in the chill mode right now. So, uh, I'll be reporting on the lawsuit. I'll have, I'll have something, uh, probably leading into the world cup. Uh, a story I'm, I actually need to need to finish prepping for it, but I'm, I'm going to watch like a lot of RJ games and that kind of stuff from the exhibitions and some of the other guys and, and write something either about RJ uh, and kind of what to expect once this thing starts, uh, you know, this weekend or, or uh, you know, on all the guys and what to expect from them, you know, Hart and Brunson and Fournier too. Can I ask you one question about FIBA? What did you think mm-hmm. of RJ's comment, the rims wide open, when people asked why he's having such success in FIBA? I don't know. To be honest, I haven't I haven't watched enough of his games yet. I was gonna watch watch a bunch of them uh once we got off the podcast and oh, really okay. come come up with some thoughts. Uh, but I will I will answer that in in a story. I mean, his numbers have been fantastic he's been outstanding yeah really been efficient numbers have been too which is what you want to see you know incre- i mean a 13 for 14 game mm-hmm. i guess numbers the germany been- team that team usa needed to come back against you know yeah i mean look the game is so international now you look at these teams and you're like oh they're playing germany and then you look at germany's roster and you're like this is literally all nba players mm-hmm. like this is this is this is like an actual NBA. This is an NBA team. This is a real NBA team. Oh, it, it, this is not uh, 
the this is not the dream team annihilating Angola. There's no Barcelona you know? Olympics. No, I, yeah, exactly. Like these are good. These are good teams. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see what I learn because the numbers are spectacular. Uh, we all know RJ's got a good work ethic. We all know that his his head is in the right place. The things that I will be looking out for, I can say, are how are the baskets coming. Are they coming because he's just going up against guys who aren't as strong as him and he's just muscling his way to the rim and getting there? Are they coming because he just happens to be hitting a few jump shots that seem unsustainable? Or are they coming because his process is different? Are they coming because his reads when he goes to the rim, he's taking the right shots? You know, so often we see him go to the rim, three defenders collapse on him, and he just like tries to throw up a floater or a layup. Uh, one thing with him that I've always wondered, like in a playoff series, like you should really help from the wing when he drives instead of the corner, which is convention. It might be really hard. Maybe some coach would tell me that I'm an idiot for saying this, but he never kicks to the wings. He kicks to the corners though. Mm. And, and I want to know, like, is he making the right read when he gets to the nail? Like, is he going to find a guy on the wing because that I've always thought, and this is a big Tibbs thing. Tibbs made this point to me originally, and it was, it was a really interesting observation. He was saying like RJ's efficiency as a scorer is more about his reads than it is about his touch or his jumper. And he was saying like those, basically what he said, and he said it less harsh than the way that I'm going to say it, but to paraphrase his point, it was that when RJ goes to the rim, and he misses the wide open guy on the corner and the wing or whatever, uh, or he doesn't see that somebody's coming over to help and he puts up a shot. That's an unnecessarily difficult shot that he's taking. If he, when he reads the game better and the assists go up, he, maybe even the assists don't go up. He just starts making the intuitive passes. All the percentages are going to go up too. Because he's not necessarily going to make more difficult shots. He's just going to eliminate a lot of the unnecessarily difficult shots. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting point. And I think he's absolutely right. And it's something that I look out for in RJ's development a lot. I actually think it's something that we really saw. I thought it was the most noticeable part of his playoff performance. Like that was the biggest change in his playoff performance. I think him eliminating the unnecessarily difficult shots, him being able to get to his spots. And when he didn't get to his spots, no, okay, I'm not in my spot. And then making the right play. Uh, I, I thought that was so noticeable because he was, he was really awesome for most of that playoff run. And uh, yeah, I want to see if that continues. I also want to see if he's any quicker. Mm. He looks, he looked slower at times last year. No, you've said you've reported a lot this offseason. You've like even just said to us and, and our audience, like one of the things he said he wanted to do this offseason is get quicker. So um Yeah, I want to see if we did it. Shout out to Fred Katz for always being awesome and giving us his time. Uh thank you, Fred, as always, for coming on. I always happy to come on.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.